This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. No idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who even when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And all the dirty studios made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones Romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood They chase the Oscar but it's all a sham Just like Shaq and Kazam All your dreams can come true Film history, the history of film All of it made for you Good God, that was terrible probably have already read the description, so I don't even know what I'm telling you, but this is going to be about the Three Stooges. Yeah! Yeah! Hell yes. yeah! So we're going to... Drake made a good point. We need to get into this. We've got to get into early comedy. This is all the way fucking back to the CAG days comedy. Whoa. Uh, this is what people were laughing at in the theaters, and I'm talking... This was the Three Stooges. This led, you know, Abbott and Costello to become a thing. Okay, this, so they were after the Three Stooges. Yeah, Abbott okay. and Costello were just a tiny bit afterwards. Okay. Uh, you've got fucking... Um, the Marx Brothers? The Marx Brothers, that was like a little bit earlier even. Um, it was kind of overlapping the with the Three Stooges. They were like a Hardy. little bit before, right? Laurel and, then and Hardy. They... Yeah, like Laurel and Hardy. You know, Well, the Honeymooners, yes, but like, yeah, probably. So that was but way later? Is, was that way later? See, this is like the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you all about it, but it begins in vaudeville. Oh, Abbott and okay. Costello began on, in burlesque. Oh, like these, whoa. These comedy trios and duos began on stage with the old the cag days man you know that's how far back we're gonna go today we're talking about pies in the face level comedy exactly pies in the face everybody can remember you know if you don't know anything about the three stooges you know about the fucking barking on the nose and the palm to the forehead and sound Mm -hmm. effects and like the the structure is like You've seen Family Guy do parody and satirical bits of them for eons, and didn't absolutely, even know it. absolutely. Yeah. Has comedy even changed really? Not, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I tried. <laughs> I tried to watch some Three Stooges, and I did. Uh, I got like halfway through a movie, and I was oh, like, okay. "Oh boy, like it's oh, just okay. not there for me." You know? Not enough, um, not enough Epstein jokes. So. Yeah, exactly. Not, not quite, exactly. It's not quite Mr. Beast enough for you. <laughs> exactly, man. Well, it's interesting, and that is actually, it brings me to my next, I'm going to talk about 
this style of comedy that they did kind of make famous uh, was very it was slapstick. Yeah, you know? it, was, it was it was very innocent in nature. I imagine that's the thing. It was very yeah. innocent. It was very family friendly. Mm-hmm. But this came from this. They weren't the first to do slapstick. They were the first to do slapstick with no underlying mm-hmm. message. Basically, mm-hmm. it's just fucking pie in the face. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean shit. Okay. Before this, slapstick films were. I'll I'll give you. They were physical comedy that includes pratfalls, tripping, falling, practical jokes, mistakes are highlighted over dialogue, plot, and character development. And the physical comedy in these films contains a cartoonish style of violence that is predominantly harmless and goofy in tone. And this started... Silent films had slapstick, mm-hmm. and that was like Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, Harold Lloyd, right. those very physical comedians, but they always had like social commentary yeah. to their shit. You okay. know what I mean? It was always about something. It was mm-hmm. like, right. I, they Modern thought times like, yeah. about, about the working man. Exactly, And you're going to see him get hit with a wrench. Exactly. And then yeah. later on, you had like Laurel and Hardy and the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. And this is just like bring your kids this and fucking fun for the whole family. Drink a cocaine Coca Cola on your way into the theater <laughs> and just have a good time. You and your kids oh. can do some coke I, and watch this movie. I do think know. probably more so than other genres, uh, comedy has the potential to age the poorest, just because like our, for some reason that's just like so generational. What yeah. is and isn't funny. I mean, I even think that. I think that The Simpsons is hard to go back to yeah. if you didn't grow up with it. For sure. Absolutely. Like, that's how quickly things change. Like, I grew up on Family Guy, and I Simpsons is just too tame for me. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, like, when they did that crossover episode, it was very apparent that it was like, oh, this humor is very different. Yeah, I certainly <laughs> think our generation, like the three of us, for sure, our comedy has to be so fucked up these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the only thing that... I don't know what it is. It's the only thing that can make me feel. That's the only thing... You know what? We were the 9-11 kids. <laughs> that's what it is. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's contextual and relatable, so it's got to be... Mm. Uh, po- the What's popular has got to be mirrored with what the times are. Like, right. you know... Pryor was revolutionary and funny because there was nothing else like him really before. And he was a very, like, 1970s, 1980s era. So, like, talk about things that were, like, you know, he talked about smoking crack and lighting himself on fire. Now I guess you would just change it to be, like, shooting fentanyl and, you know, hunting babies or something. (laughs) That's hilarious. If you told a joke on stage about, like, shooting fentanyl... I'm laughing. That's like that's hysterical. very funny. Yeah, and I yeah, man, I don't know, but it's it's so interesting. I mean, we do we have been growing up in a very dark era. I would say our existence on this planet has had a lot of, you know, from 9/11 all the way until like fucking just recently. With mm-hmm. you know, our our children are being shot at school every day, type of shit. But also, mm-hmm. these guys were coming home from Nam, and they're coming home to like, you know, fucking uh, the Flintstones. World War II. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. World War II came home to yeah. comedy that was like you couldn't even say curse words on stage. Yet, yeah, you know? like how do you make somebody laugh who just went up against Hitler? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, and like, the they things just that cleared out a death camp and they come home and you're yes. like pie in the face, bud. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting too because their comedy while they were over there 
was our comedy now. Like they were joking about the fucked up shit. When they're in World War II, they're joking about the dead bodies they're seeing. You know, and then they would come home. To, yeah, like Deb said, like a pie in the face guy on the fucking stage. No wonder they just got hammered at those shows. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's drunk. why they beat their kids. <laughs> they're like, I can't laugh, so you're gonna cry. <laughs> Have you ever watched uh, the Pacific? No, I need to. It's incredible, man. Um, it's a great there's a scene. There's a scene about that. They're like they like kill a guy for like laughs. Oh. He's like in a river. He's like totally by himself. He's you know mm. gone Listen, away from his unit. It's a it's and a they, horrible fact. Talk about horror, but yeah. that's a reality of every fucking war ever. Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this controversial take here. Which is better? The Pacific or Band of Brothers? Band of Brothers. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't even have to finish that sentence. Yeah. I Band thought you were going to say, which is better, <laughs> killing somebody for something or killing somebody for laughs? For fun? <laughs> for yeah. laughs? Probably for laughs. Probably I mean, at for least, laughs. At least probably for laughs. Oh. Yeah, exactly. going to get a smile out of it. Somebody's hey. having fun at least. Uh, yeah, Band of Brothers. Okay, Look, so the Pacific is great, and it was also a true story. It was mm-hmm. Helmet for My Pillow, the book. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Band of Brothers is just... I don't know, man. There's just something about it. Okay. And, and also, I'm a yeah. little bit biased. My grandfather was in Europe mm-hmm. and Band not the Pacific. Just, so. it's, Steel, it's Spielberg and Hanks. So like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's why it's so unique and good. And yeah. Fun fact, I just watched a like unknown things about Saving Private Ryan, and I didn't know this. It's just a cool, fun fact. So I knew that all the actors in the military were going into like a basic training kind of thing, kind of like what yeah. they did with... like. You know, all the other war movies and the non-movies and stuff. But they Spielberg purposely forbid Matt Damon from going into this basic training. Like, Hanks went and all the other guys in the platoon. And they would, like, really get, like, torn up out in the fucking woods for, like, days on end. And, like, they yeah. all the actors, other actors voted to quit. And Hanks was like, no, we're staying and we're finishing this out as a platoon. And then wow. Damon just got to live at, like, this resort. And specifically to cause oh, resentment shit. between the platoon that. and fucking Damon's character. Wow. So when they got so upset, they-, they really did hate each other. That hate was real. That hate was cool. fucking real. Man, what a movie. We'll, we'll do that movie. Yeah. For sure. I'm yes. sure we'll do a Spielberg for sure. Hot take for me. One of my favorite movies of all time, but uh, boy, Tom Hanks, a little over the top. A <laughs> little over the top in that movie. A little melodramatic. You know, I've only seen it once, so I don't really remember Tom Hanks too, too much in it. I remember the D-Day scene, and I remember... Saving Matt Damon. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> I just, I love, I get, I understand the character, but like, I don't know. He just kind of put on like sad yeah. poet. That's when he went, yeah. it was like Forrest Gump and Saving Private Ryan. Like those two movies went from like comedy Tom Hanks, like Turner and right. Hooch and like Splash and like all like The Bachelor and like these goofy, funny 80s, early 90s comedies to like, I am a stoic, serious deep yeah. thought out because like think about after that what was castaway well was, you know like his other war movies like he just kind of dove into when did he do another comedy there was no like you've got mail after saving private ryan it's very true yeah. actually <laughs> very true and it's interesting because yeah i can't even picture him in in the movie to be honest like you know what i mean like it's like when i think of tom hanks i don't think of military guy yeah but he, well, he's he was supposed to be his character is supposed to be kind of like a background character so he's when he teacher. dies in uh, Saving Private Ryan, you don't even Spoilers. see it up close, and it's yeah. not a big Spoilers. moment in the scene. No. It's like this faraway perspective shot where he just gets shot and kind of dies and falls over. But yeah. it's not like this spectacular event with music. I mean, yeah, he's shooting at that tank, but like, 
it's, yeah. it, it wasn't done intentionally like that to be like, see, he's even our character that we're following throughout the movie. His death is uneventful because all death his, is, un, is un, meaningless in this war. Right. His like non-military that. look too is kind of a thing. He's okay. like, he's a teacher from like Idaho. That's right. It's and all he, come back to me now. Yeah. Bits and pieces, you know. And that was honestly, that was very realistic, man. World War II, like usually you're like lieutenant or no, your lieutenant will be a young, like hot dude, but your yeah. captain, like the higher ups, those dudes were like 34 years old. Like yeah. they were like, you know, fucking like factory probably workers. Had served or, yeah. in World War One or yeah. something. Yeah, or something like that. And it's like a lot of people got promoted real quick because people above them died yeah. real quick. So it's like, yeah. oh, well, I just started yesterday, but uh, now I'm president. So Back to the keg. <laughs> um, so speaking of World War II, though, there were fewer slapstick comedies produced at the advent of sound film. That was one thing that kind of like put them on ice. Because uh, we, like, we were relying on these visual gags before, yeah. but now... Now you can hear people jokes. talk. We can tell I mean, rape jokes now. Could you Actually, yeah, you could. Pre-code. How funny it would be to be sitting in a theater and to see jokes put up on like a text card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, like you just had to hit each other. So ridiculous. You're like but, uh, waiting another 15 seconds for the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> but Buster Keaton basically brought it back. Uh, in it, it after World War II. The genre resurfaces in France with films by Jacques Tati and the United States with films like It's a Mad, 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 Mad World and The Great Race, starring the stoic, aloof, and mild-mannered Buster Keaton, also known as The Great Stone Face. Buster um, Keaton is the shit. Buster Keaton yeah. is my favorite actor of that era, What more than Chaplin, and yeah. so it's many fucking... Great. I, he, I think he's better than Chaplin. Chaplin was probably more popular and had like the studio exec kind of like had like a business minded shit. But Keaton I, was say, more the artist and like I think you know he was the. Yeah. I don't know. I'll what tell you what it was. To. Buster Keaton wasn't as hot as Charlie Chaplin. Oh, Charlie Chaplin's way hotter. That's, that's why. True. That's why he's I mean, more popular. That's very you, interesting. You don the wow. uh, Hitler mustache and you know the <laughs> the blonde um, blue eyes just throw themselves at you. Harold but, uh, Lloyd too. Harold what, Lloyd and Keith. What was it? The the general where he like destroyed the train. Like that was like one of the biggest Dude. the biggest stunts. Like the biggest like uh, special effect in like movie history at the time yeah. was him like running. Was the that train him off. or Harold Lloyd? Because Harold Lloyd did some shit like that, man. Harold mm-hmm. Lloyd like. I, I can't remember maybe, either. Maybe wait, hold on. No, because I, I didn't know who no, Harold Lloyd was. No, Buster Keaton before. was the general. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know who Harold Lloyd he was, was the one who ran the train yeah. to the town. Oh, those guys. Well, were he, off the rails. Guys. It was like he, he like he ran a train off a bridge. He Jesus. like crashed a train into a ravine. That's why he beats Chaplin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chaplin doesn't you know, do that. There was a there's I think there was a feud like a little competition between the two because like mm-hmm. there were always it would be those two going for like box office numbers of like slapstick silent film. In comedy and dramedy, <coughs> and uh, drama, but right. you gotta think like he did the general, and then what does Chaplin do? The dictator. Yeah. It was yeah. always like a one and yeah. one back and forth, trying to like kind of like a Schwarzenegger, uh, Balbo, you know, fucking Stallone thing. Right. But what about the Stooges? What about the Stooges? Today I'm going to bring you the three Stooges. Did I tell you that yet? I told everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Starting with the Stooges. But in order to do that, I need to bring you a little bit of... When are we? (laughs) 
<laughs> season three. What is the first uh, when are we for season three? The first when are we for season three is 1922. Cool. We're going back, back, back Roaring in twenties. The Roaring Twenties, baby. Two two years deep into the fucking prohibition. Uh, they they have officially now banned making uh, beer in your house because I guess that became well you know those moonshiners those yeah. damn moonshiners yeah, uh, yeah. they were like oh yeah you can't do that either we didn't think about that <laughs> we didn't we didn't think you guys were just gonna make it in your house so uh, so the first they banned the sale of it and it was like this will stop the problem in, in 1920 and, yeah. and then they realized oh people are just figuring out how to make it themselves yeah. People okay, are just figuring so out how to make it. Anymore. Yeah, and if you were rich enough in 1920, a lot of those people stocked up, man. Mm-hmm. Like, there's pictures of them cleaning out liquor stores. There was a yeah. run. There yeah. was a fucking run. And Someone's got to buy it. And you could always get yep. a prescription from your doctor. <laughs> right. Wait, really? Uh, oh yeah. I have, you get alcohol prescription? Yeah, what exactly? So, that's that. how, so, so check it out. They had legal speakeasies, like a, a bunch in New York and all the big cities, and you'd get like the rich would pay for a prescription from their doctor to be prescribed uh. alcohol, and you'd be able to go to this pharmacy, aka bar, <laughs> and just go chill there and drink, and the cops wouldn't raid it or anything because it was wow. like this legal kind of rich people. What yeah. exactly was it? being prescribed to fix anxiety well, they were prescribing <laughs> fucking cocaine they were prescribing morphine yeah. they were prescribing cannabis they were pres- doctors were prescribing anything they fucking thought would work it's like anything you told like, them you will <laughs> yeah oh my god you can't sleep well here's some heroin and alcohol don't do it yeah. i mean it will time. it will put you to sleep alcohol will make you tired and if I you were guess. too if you were too poor for an alcohol prescription you were likely just drinking like cod liver oil a lot of people <laughs> drink that and like fucking vanilla extract type of shit. They just hit you over the head. Yeah, you drink like mouthwash, you know. Like, yeah, you just hit yourself over the head. (laughs) Uh, It'll it'll fix it. This was also a time when, like, doctors, like, nobody contradicted a doctor in what they were going to prescribe because, like, nobody of the regular populace knew shit about the science and the medical field that was, like, just emerging. So when a doctor came on board and prescribed something, they just blindly took their fucking word. Which is really funny. prescribe whatever. Seems very reminiscent. It's really else. funny because medicine wasn't medicine back then. It, yeah. was, it was nonsense back then. Well, so it's like the doctor didn't know much more you. than the regular. Well, person. and this sometimes was like back the then, dawn of what modern Western medicine was like right during this time. Yeah, like were they really still they prescribing just give you opium? Were they still prescribing mercury? Absolutely, it is not medicine. <laughs> and also, they would sometimes prescribe you masturbation when they would just put dildos in all those women because they were having fits or whatever. What? Yeah, dude, that's some real shit. Google that shit. They used uh. to masturbate women in doctors' office just because they said they were like hysterical. That's now, hilarious. Now that I'm not not against. I mean, yeah. I don't think that I think a lot of women were going to the doctor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 1922, by this year, over 500 commercial radio stations are in operation in the United States. Radio is becoming a big fucking thing. Uh, the first public radio broadcast in Britain and France happened this year, so it's just spreading all over the world. Radio's taking over. That damn newfangled yeah, radio. I, it's rotting the kids' brains. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's playing that jazz music. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want to play in the trenches of World War One anymore. All these yeah. kids care about is the radio. They just listen to that damn radio all day. <laughs> Back in my day, you shoveled coal. <laughs> these were real conversations had. I guarantee. <laughs> They used to play music on the piano. Now it's through that electronic radio. 
destroying the art form. <laughs> uh, we commissioned the first U.S. aircraft carrier, the USS Langley. So we were doing that. Uh, <laughs> we were carrying biplanes? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly what the fuck we were carrying out there to shoot your ass down. <laughs> and the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. was dedicated... Uh, in May of 2022, the dedication ceremony was officiated by former U.S. President and Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, William Howard Taft. That motherfucker just keeps coming back around. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Lincoln Memorial is only that old? Yeah, that's I thought this thing was built in like 1850. That's why I brought you in, are we? This is what we're <laughs> learning today. <laughs> the why then? Why now? What, what's the relevancy of, 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 of Lincoln right now, right here? right? It's just time. It's just Fun time. fact, uh, there is a giant catacomb basement underneath the Lincoln Memorial and it was going to be used as a tourist center and everybody forgot about it until the 1970s when they were doing repairs and they popped open a hole and they were like, oh my god, there's a <laughs> giant warehouse room full of here that everybody just sealed up and forgot and it, had, it was so infested with rats in its own <laughs> vegetation and shit that they just sealed it back up. And they were Holy like, shit. <laughs> Let nature <laughs> take doing it. doing this. Let nature take it. At least that's what they said they did with it. Uh, yeah. What they Very really true. did. Yeah. We're going to go just, down there and like, there's a Epstein's There's down aliens. there. Yeah, aliens. <laughs> Ezra Miller buries all the Warner Brothers bodies. <laughs> We're That's not even going to go Warner there. Brothers. That's it. <laughs> That's what. Special guest at the ceremony dedicating the Lincoln Memorial, including Robert Todd Lincoln. His fucking son was there. Robert Morton, the president of the Tuskegee Institute. President Warren G. Harding and Vice President Calvin Coolidge. That's how far God back damn. we're going today. So old. <laughs> so old, dude. What's the oldest? No, we had 1899 once. Yeah, we did at least one in the 1800s. Bogey. I realize I have no concept of time because I wouldn't think Lincoln's son would still be alive. I don't know. I just realized I don't know what year Lincoln was. Dep- I don't know what year the Civil War was, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> <laughs> 1860? Yeah. yeah. Okay, alright. Trust so, me. It's not that much well, farther back. You're, yeah. you're from the south like, of the Mason Dixon. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's been kind of, like 60 or 70 years old. His son, yeah, okay. But, you Don't know. you mean the War of Northern Aggression? <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. The War of States Rats? It's all coming back. Yeah, it's all coming back. Um, <laughs> I hope no one takes me seriously ever. <laughs> uh,. <laughs> 1922, you can head down to the store and buy a hand-operated washing machine for $19.25, which is about 340 bucks when you put that through the old inflation calculator. Is a hand-operated washing machine not just your hands? Nope, dude. It was a fucking... It was... Have you ever seen these? A, a, like a clothing press? Oh, You'd wash I your do shit know what you're talking a fucking, about. In, yeah. Not a machine. In, mean, a in a bucket of water, washboard. yeah, in a, in a right. washboard, and then you'd run that shit through the ringer, and you'd ring it out, hand crank, ringing your clothes out, and that shit would always like catch your fingers, and people died from it. People definitely died from drying their clothes, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, that's you, you kind of <laughs> needed the prescription cocaine and yeah, alcohol yeah. to get through that. Well, that it so it was the chicken or the egg because it causes your hand to get caught up in there yeah. because you're drunk and high as yeah. fuck. 
but, but also like it doesn't hurt as bad because yeah. you're so drunk and hot. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That was the way of the twenties. The past. The was roaring twenties. The, the past existed. <laughs> uh, very popular movie comes out this year, 1922. Known as Nosferatu. Oh, we talked about that. We talked about that <laughs> last spooky season, almost a year ago. Wow. We did Nosferatu. Uh, shout out to our German friends. Nosferatu was our third episode. What? Yeah. Really? I think so. Oh, shit. Pretty sure. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Well, so it was over a year ago. Yeah, go listen to Nosferatu. It's very interesting. It's you can great. get started off with uh, Halloween over it's here. It's our second highest listened to episode today. Yeah, people loved that one. Yeah. People loved that one. A lot of spooky, a lot of spooky Nazis. Love it. Uh, let's see. And of course, yeah, we're knee deep in Prohibition, like I said. Uh, but 1922, most importantly for this episode, is also the year. You know, vaudeville is going. Vaudeville is a rolling. Very popular at this time. Uh, we're talking about CAG. This will be about the second year that he's in vaudeville. If you want to, if you want to wow. CAG date this, CAG you know, it. yeah, like little baby tap dancing CAG yeah. is just now starting his career. Wow. Yeah. So that's where we're at. And another vaudeville act that is becoming very popular is known as Ted Healy and his Stooges. Ooh. And Stooges at the time was a show business slang for uh, on-stage assistants. You'd call them your Stooges. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, very you nice. Know, they were... the... Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't know. No, no, no. I, I, I was so just saying like their were... name was like a... They are retaking the name Stooges. Ah, they were... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's taking like, it back. It's like it's like Daft Punk, they're, right? They're taking they're yeah. taking the name and recontextualizing it. Yeah, hell yeah. We are the, the Misfits. Yeah, yeah. We are the Daft Punk. <laughs> Go ahead, Dad. We are Queens <laughs> Boulevard. <laughs> Queens Boulevard. So the, another oh, yeah. thing that popped up in the twenties and early twenties is NASCAR. Do you guys know this? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, the Prohibition. They were souping up their cars to get away from the police. So. The, the reason we have the Daytona 500 is because they would land ships off of Daytona and smuggle rum from the Bahamas, and they would put it in these cars, and the goal was to make the outside of the cars look normal and modify and soup up the engines to be really, really fast, so they would be like these secret, like, hauling-ass stealth cars, and they would land and pick up the booze on the beach, and they would drive these cars on the beach. That's why you can still drive on the beach in Daytona. And park your cars. It's all from them racing up the fucking beach, smuggling rum and shit. Yeah. I like smell a Fast and Furious prequel. Oh, dude, I works here. I would love to do some sort of episode somewhere about the history of NASCAR. I thought about it because yeah, like Daytona 500, you used to race on the fucking beach. You were going like 200 miles an hour on sand, wow. dude. It was fucking nuts. I'm sorry, yeah. Talladega Nights. The origins of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I wanted to, I mean, it, there is an interesting story about, like, NASCAR began, like, sports broadcasting live from the cockpit type of shit. You know, it was Whoa. all very, they were putting cameras in these cars, and it was a whole new fucking Whoa, thing. We can get into that one day. I would crazy. love that shit. 
like the history of live broadcasts. That'd be we kind of interesting. Rum running family. Family. We like rum we'll in this start family. Off with the first one ever. Good old Berlin Olympics. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. But yeah, this was Ted Healy and the Stooges. Ted Healy and his Stooges was all over vaudeville. And the Stooges at first, there was just sort of a, a flowing cast of Stooges. Oh, Ted Healy okay. would just kind of. So it wasn't the three. Exactly. Not at first. Mm. Uh, we actually don't get the iteration of the three Stooges that everybody really knows and loves until like a little bit later. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm actually, it'll be like at the end of this episode, wow. to be honest. Part okay. one. Yeah. I'm getting deep, y'all. Okay. I'm getting a little cool. bit deep here. Um, <laughs> so what did Healy and the Stooges do? So Ted Healy and the Stooges, the Stooges would be this changing cast, like I said, of vaudeville comics. Uh, usually he'd find them locally, wherever he was going. He'd put out the, I need some Stooges. And it was, the, the act was Ted Healy would try to tell you about the news or whatever. He was almost trying to do like a Will Rogers thing where he's like telling you about current events and shit, but his stooges would keep interrupting him, and so he'd beat the shit out of him. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's so funny. That probably would hold up. It's you know? like, hey, I'm trying to do a show hey, here. I'm trying to tell him about the news. Hey, yeah, yucks. Yeah, he'd like gouge their eyes and yeah. pull out their throats and rip hey, out their heart, yeah. like beat them with baseball bats until yeah. they died. You know? <laughs> One of these days, Alice. Just beat them mercilessly to death <laughs> One of these baseball bats. Yeah, just beat all their teeth in uh, and shit. But uh, it was a Hilarious. Sitting there bloodied. <laughs> anyway, have you heard about this thing they're doing in Daytona? Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to put you on the hood of a car and race you around the beach. But a few months in to this show running, he gets to Brooklyn with this thing, and two brothers, two brothers, <laughs> from Brooklyn, uh, Moses and Samuel Horovitz, came aboard the show. They were like his stooges for a while he was in New York. And they kind of just stuck. Like, he really liked them. The crowd really liked them. These guys were brothers from Brooklyn. I'm going to actually, I want to get into there. I'm going to do a little bit of different. I want to get into their individual history, maybe in, like, part two, because I have so much shit to talk about here. But they were were guys who were trying to break into the biz. And they were Mm -hmm. doing vaudeville, but they were kind of small-time comics. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, And this is, yeah, Moses and Samuel Horovitz. What did they do differently... Do you know like what they did differently than like the other Stooges? Like, why did these guys stand out? I don't know. They, I don't know. Okay. You know, that's one of those parts where it's like their humor was so weird back then. Who even knows? Yeah, yeah. It's like they it's like they, they really sold they, the they, eye gouge. They, yeah, they really fell funny. Yeah, they they, re- they bled a lot again. Bringing up Will Rogers, mm-hmm. the rope trick. If you, yeah. you just get that rope trick, yeah. you know, you yeah. you too can be famous. How how much can you bleed? <laughs> bleed for me. Bleed for me. And uh, so Moses became Mo Howard, Samuel became Shemp Howard, and uh, they had another guy join the group. Sometime, it's not of the record, somewhere between 1925 and 1928, Louis Feinberg joins the group, and he becomes Larry Fine. And this is, again, this is not the Three Stooges yet. This really? is two that will become three stooges, but right okay. now this two and a half stooges. Two and a half stooges. Stooge, Should we just do our new theme song to the two and a half men theme song? Film yeah. history, the history of film, 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 film history. Film, 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 film. <laughs> But no, this is not the Three Stooges yet. This trio is known as Howard, Fine, and Howard. 
<laughs> See, because you know, well, the Howard brothers, well, the Howard brothers, and because you know, with, calling it Howard, Howard, and Fine would be just too ridiculous. Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> Howard Fine, the history of Fine Howard. But uh, the, but Mo Mo most most one of the ones that sticks around, right? Yeah, Mo it was is, what Harry, Larry, and Mo. It's it was no, it was Curly. Shit, wait, no, the one that we all know and love was Mo Curly. I, I have it in here. We'll figure it out. It in here. We'll There's so many it. iterations Larry, of this Mo, shit. Larry, Moe, and Curly. Yeah, Larry, Moe, and Curly. Okay, so Moe's here already. Moe's here. Okay. And uh, Moe, and so Shimp also. Shimp was an OG member. Okay. But we're going to get into that. Okay. Shimp had to go. Dude, this is like a this is like a boy band. Situation. <laughs> this is a boy band There's situation. Like, yeah, yeah, like what what era? Of- it's a it's a vaudeville act. So I mean, it's even hard to like keep mm-hmm. up. You know, yeah. I mean, it was so fucking like this mm-hmm. would be like trying to keep up with like the Ding Dong show at the Comedy Store on Monday <laughs> night. You know, like a. Like, whoever comes on that shit. Everybody, if you're in L.A., go see the Ding Dong Show on Monday night. You tell me um, who's on it. I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> Don Burris. He's that's all I know. Don Fucking Carl. He's the Mo of the And Carl. Carl's there. Mr. C, the, your best friend, Mr. C. He's there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking shout out to Carl on, on this. I miss uh, on Carl. This. I miss missing Mr. C. And yeah, the store. man. He's still here. He still hangs around. He's still there every Monday. <laughs> every Monday. But they they tour around old Ted Healy and uh, Mo and Larry and and whoever Shimp they tour around they're doing vaudeville and they're just becoming fucking huge like this becomes the three Stooges, or not the three Stooges but you know the yeah. three Stooges started on vaudeville this became a huge mm-hmm. show on stage before we would ever see what we Interesting. know Wait, was it was it similar stuff just like you know like pie pie gags almost and- the same shit. Cool. Yeah, it okay. sounds like they really didn't change the act very but much. But the, the mastermind was Ted Healy. Teddy, Ted Healy. Oh okay. boy, <laughs> Ted Healy, man, this is gonna be. I, it's funny. I was gonna say Brando was so dark. So now we'll get into some light content about the beginning of Three Stooges and the uh, tragic decline and mysterious death of Ted Healy. <laughs> Whoa. Now, is this the inventor of the Healy shoe? This is the guy who invented the Healy shoe. He mm-hmm. would Healy around the stage on Broadville and, okay. and he would bop them over the head with baseball bats <laughs> and break their teeth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's all that mysterious as to why he came up dead. <laughs> Dude, dude died on Sunset Boulevard. Whoa, We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk shit. about it, baby. Dude, this is a Hollywood story. Dude, this is a Hollywood story. I knew it would be. I was literally like, as I started this, I was like, just give me the dirt. Give me the dirt. I know the dirt is in the Three Stooges. Uh, I, dude, I mean, these the Stooges had to have done so much cocaine. Like, Absolutely. I bet they partied so fucking hard. Absolutely, man. Said We're talking like more money than God at one point. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking late nights at the fucking. Uh, what was that place called? Uh, uh, the really old one. It, um, um, Saddle Ranch. Saddle Ranch. <laughs> the Rainbow Barn Grill. Uh, I mean, at the time. But uh, no. And so, yeah, they become huge on vaudeville. Damn it, that's going to drive me nuts now. Fuck. What was the name of that place? It was that cool old hotel. Uh, anyway. Still there? It, it's another word for, like, paradise. Is it still there? No, no. Oh, I, I wouldn't know. Shangri-La. Ah. Shangri-La in well, Shangri- L.A. Shangri-La is still in Santa Monica. That's, that's oh. a famous place. I think so. This was like right in this the was, 
Deep this was Hollywood, right? Yeah, this was like back in the 20s. Ah. Shangri-La, the hotel, was okay. in Hollywood. Or maybe yeah. even downtown if it was that early. Mm. No, I think it was actually around sunset. It was like right over there. Trust me, I've... That, yeah. That'll be on Building History. That, the history I, there's buildings. a show like that. I, that'll be coming. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're again, they're becoming huge in vaudeville. Yeah. Uh, they tour America for about eight years. Just a strong fucking run. Eight years. Wow, that's a going. long time. I know. And they had their boy band stuff, too. Like, Mo, he left in 1925, right as they got going. He retired from the business because on June 7th, 1925, Mo married Helen Schoenberger, a cousin of Harry Houdini. Whoa. Who was big at the time. Whoa. Yeah, man. Yeah. This is where this is another win, are we right there? Whoa. Uh, but she she wanted him to retire. She wanted him to like get a real job. You know, this is back in those days where like I just can't see you take the pie to the face every day. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, it's this like, is it's humiliating. Yeah, like Cag was lucky he met his wife in vaudeville, yeah. but like trying to date uh Harry Houdini's cousin, which by the way your cousin's a magician. Yeah, I was so. about to say. Yeah. <laughs> you can end up just like my cousin Harry. doing ridiculous things. Yeah, for... you're going to get punched in the stomach and die. <laughs> That's what Harry Houdini got. That's how he died. He punched in the stomach, right? Yeah, yeah, he died from a punch to the stomach. I thought he drowned. No, no, no. Some kid, some college kid, he wanted, He like told the kid to punch him in the stomach, and the kid did it, and he killed him. <laughs> so. Yeah, he hit him right in the sternum. Fucking explain each other. Which is That's also so shares, uh, shares an eerie similarity to the death of uh, the mysterious death of our friend Ted Healy. Oh man, yes, it actually oh, kind of is. Okay. That is very interesting. This is foreshadowing here. Very okay. interesting, Deb. Very interesting. <laughs> okay, wait, so, wait. Don't pick don't pick fights with college kids. It should be like. Oh, okay. We'll get into it. Uh, we'll right. get into it. So, so Mo retires. Mo retires. He he tries to get just like normal jobs, uh, and he says fuck this i'm not working at you know the schwabs mm. i gotta get back to vaudeville baby yeah the, uh I and they had a pie they had a kid and i think he basically was like i, I can make money doing this mm. you know i'm gonna go do this thank god he did he mm. became fucking mo. massive yeah. massive like we're gonna we're not going to get into the money on this mm. one that's gonna part no. uh, it's a part two thing so he comes back mo comes back and then they do their eight-year run on vaudeville how long has he gone for do you know he was only gone for like a year. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. he's, he literally was like, I tried. Honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Let's go on the honeymoon. Took a long vacation. <laughs> I'm back <laughs> now. I'm trying to. And I'm hungry for pie. I wonder what. I don't know what jobs he held down. They just said normal jobs. Normal jobs. What do you think he did? Uh, I mean, a normal job back then was like a putting cocaine in Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a cocaine funneler. Uh, a shoe, a shoe carver. A shoe carver. <laughs> he carved shoes Go. out of... Shoe keep cobbler. going. <laughs> no, not a cobbler. A carver. carver. Yeah. They were wooden. They were yeah, wooden yeah, shoes yeah, in yeah. these days. Um, what else? What else? A, uh, um... A, a, a telegraph sexographer. Okay. You know, if you wanted to sex somebody okay, from... it's like a sex call line, yeah, yeah, but yeah, telegraph. Yeah, yeah. He, I did this. Not everyone knew how to telegraph, so he would dirty talk over the <laughs> telegraph for you. It was 199 <laughs> telegraph? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Three or three That's definitely four. what he did. That's mm. absolutely... He was a sex call telegrapher for the <laughs> earliest 199 number to ever exist in the 1920s. <laughs> and then he went back to Vaughn 
Uh, <laughs> it's like I can't. I'm just, I'm just picturing a sketch where you have some dude talking to some girl who's typing Morse code, and it's like, and the guy's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, baby, yeah. Like that's such a ridiculous sight to see, and I'm sure it fucking happened. He's just masturbating next to the Morse code beeps. She's like, I want to take your joppers off. <laughs> and I want to find your penis somewhere within that bush. Tell her I beep. Tell her I beep so hard. <laughs> I see what those hands can do with the shoe carving. I want to see what else can carve. He's sending the Morse code guy. He's like, no, I really want you to punch the keys on this one hard. <laughs> it's like beep 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 beep. And he's having to relay this to the guy who hired him to like sex his girl. He was like, "You're the one who knows Morse code. What did she say to me?" And so it's just Mo talking dirty, relaying the message. Like, yeah, see, yeah, she wants to take your choppers off. Yeah, see, bit a boop boop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is the other person on the other end receiving it and having to translate it back? <laughs> and he's like, Do I he just, really have to say this? <laughs> Mo, Mo's still in vaudeville mode, and he's like, hit, he's like bopping your nose and hitting your dick. <laughs> like beep beep, yep, yep, yep. All this stupid ass fucking three stooges his shit. That is like, all right, go back to the porn. go back to the circus. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not doing this yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife's like. No, Never mind, man. Go do whatever you need to do. Go fucking oh, be man. a horse in the circus for all I care. Go, <laughs> you can be wrangled by Will. 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 Go bleed for Healy. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so that's when old Hollywood came a knocking. This would be uh, 1930. They did their thing. They really, they killed vaudeville. They're huge. We're talking about, you know, they're in all, they're in all the papers. Um, Hollywood comes a calling. So Fox was making a film called Soup to Nuts. <laughs> they had some great names back then. They had some great names back then. Soup to Nuts. This thing was written by a man, a cartoonist, by the name of Rube Goldberg. You know the old Rube Goldberg machine? I've, I've heard us bring this up on the podcast yes. before. I don't know what this is. <laughs> it was the man who made the thing where it takes way longer to do shit. Oh, kind of like a Wallace and Gromit thing? Yeah. like okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. This is Rube Goldberg was the guy was the who... the original Walsh and Gromit machine. Yeah, okay. you could like light your stove, mm-hmm. but it would begin it, it with like, a... We have 14 contraptions. 14 contraptions. It just shoots you in the end. That's that family guy joke. I fucking love it. But yeah, this shit would like flip a pancake mm, yeah. after like 20 minutes of bullshit you cool. know yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, um, those. love those things love those things so entertaining again 1920s humor you yeah. know that is that's what hey that holds up that yeah. holds up yeah we know? got time is what that tells me how were you on that much cocaine watching that like surely you had to be at one point like just fucking flip my pancake i'm so hung over and I'm so <laughs> maybe not many alcoholics bought the Rube Goldberg machine. 
but uh <laughs> well, was it a real machine or was it uh just a joke for movies it was a, it was a it was like a thing that started in newspaper cartoons that's okay, what he that's okay. basically he started out as a cartoonist oh, okay all right um, yeah. we'll do the rube goldberg history so long over just my <laughs> but he wrote this thing he wrote this movie called soup to nuts and they were basically looking to make a live-action newspaper cartoon. Mm-hmm. That was what they wanted here. Uh, lots of slapstick. Mm-hmm. Lots of ridiculousness, you know, over the top. That's Even what back then, they were trying to turn cartoons into live-action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been going on, y'all. It, this is not a new thing. Oh, man. <laughs> Even if the cartoon didn't fucking move, they still wanted to make a movie out of it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Some things never change. Some things never change. So... Who's the who's the best guy to do this with? And you know the cheapest. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keaton's out. Charlie Chaplin's out. You know Harold Lloyd's out. They're all too. They're too famous. They're too, too expensive. expensive and honestly, for the most part, a little bit washed up by now. You know by by, by nineteen thirty. Too serious. We're, yeah. We want goofy. Yeah, yeah. We don't want Char- that. Charlie's Nazi talking shit. about Nazis. And yeah. Buster Keaton's running trains into villages. He's talking about the in- imperialism. Yeah. And colonization. <laughs> you know, he's Ugh. doing Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> we need Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah we want to have fun over here. <laughs> we want to flip some pancakes. <laughs> we want to flip some pancakes. Even Eventually, <laughs> not now, but eventually. I want to see a lot of cool shit happen beforehand, like a little car going down a track and a tennis ball flying across the room at a Target. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Shit like that. <laughs> Deb, oh. Deb, <laughs> what say you, Deb? I'm just picturing so many comedic skits going through my brain and reenactments of all this. It's pretty fucking awesome. This is inspired, Deb. Uh, <laughs> But the cheapest guys that we can get who would know how to do this movie are Ted Healy and his Stooges. Oh, perfect. You know, pull them straight off of vaudeville, get their ass into Fox, let's mm-hmm. give them a cheap contract, we'll pay yeah. them some dirt, you know, and they'll do this fucking movie for <laughs> I us, I heard basically. they bleed real good. Yeah, they bleed real nice, and we can <laughs> shoot at them. They don't care, you know. You remember they're shooting at people right now. Yeah, that's their, that's their whole thing. They love being shot at. They love being shot at. Those guys, you can shoot at them. We used to shoot at them on stage. Killed many an audience member. Do whatever you, know? you want to them. We can do, do whatever you want to them. That's the contract. <laughs> do whatever you want to them. They're like, why are we signing this? Uh, <laughs> the film was not a critical success. People did not like the movie very much. I didn't try to watch it. I, I'm sure it's not that great. But... The Stooges became a fucking hit from this thing. Uh, basically, mm. people were like, that movie sucked, but those guys, those Some guys are funny. There. There's something there. Mm. I like the way that he bops his fucking nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way that he slams his head into the wall <laughs> and breaks his kneecaps Man, with a baseball bat. that guy can really bat. take a beating. It's <laughs> hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, the structure was like, one was dumb, uh-huh. and he would always beat himself up to... Uh, one was the idea guy. He would do. Mo was the mm. idea guy, and he'd always mm. beat them up, you know. And then Larry was kind of like slightly angry. Yeah. yeah, slightly angry. The yeah, 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 yeah. It was two angry guys and a really dumb guy, and they'd beat the hell out of them. <laughs> Literally just Ed and Eddie. <laughs> Ed and Eddie. Yeah. I'm, again, this is where it all came from. This is why we're. This is why we're here. You know. <laughs> Nothing ever changes. <laughs> Nothing ever changes. It just comes back around. Mm-hmm. So Fox offers the Stooges the con- a contract with Fox, but not, not Healy. Healy. They mm-hmm. do not want Ted. 
Uh, mm. Ted is a raging alcoholic. He's uh, very angry. He is uh, he is basically the real life version of Mo. Ah, uh, he actually would slap you in the face and get very violent. Ah, uh, and uh, if you did if things didn't go his way, so it was it was never a show for him. He was just living. He was just living. <laughs> yeah, he was just very drunk. You know, yeah, I don't know if he knew he was on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about Daytona. <laughs> But uh, what are y'all's rum from? <laughs> but <laughs> but that yeah, Fox wanted Howard Fine and Howard. That's what they wanted. They wanted that act. They were gonna put them in a bunch of movies as Howard Fine and Howard. They were gonna make them the Stooges, mm-hmm. not for Ted Healy anymore, but mm-hmm. for Fox people. They wanted them to be the backups to all their stars. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they would have done. We want James Cagney to slap you. Exactly. Around. They want Cagney to punch you around. Although he's with Warner Brothers, and Jack Warner is very angry all the time. He's even angrier than Ted Healy. Yeah, maybe. I was gonna say him and Healy might get along. Actually. Yeah, Ted Healy probably didn't throw people out of his window. You know, but uh, oh. <laughs> but he did get very enraged uh, when he found out that he was being cut out of this Fox deal. He told studio executives that the Stooges were his employees, whereupon the offer was withdrawn. Howard Fine and Howard learned of the offer and subsequent withdrawal all at once. Um, basically, Ted Healy was like, well, they wanted you guys to go solo, but I told him, fuck, fuck you, you're I, mine. I told him, we don't roll that way. We don't roll that way. <laughs> And so they were like, no, we fucking very well do roll that way. And so... You punch very hard. You punch very hard, and it's not a joke anymore. So we're leaving. So they left Healy to form Howard Fine and Howard. They called themselves, at this point, the Three Lost Souls. (laughs) (laughs) They need a little bit of branding work. They need a a social media guy. Say what you will about Healy. Great marketer. Great marketer. He was very drunk, but great guy. Great marketing guy. I tell you, everybody tells me this act actually took off rather quickly with a tour of the theater circuit they they were kind of reeling from their offer being rescinded but they they took this new Howard Fine and Howard minus Ted Healy on the theater circuit, uh, and it went very well. Oh, so, so they didn't immediately get their contract back of Fox. No. They were just like, the three of us can do our own thing. Yeah, we're so, going to go do oh, our own okay, thing. I see. And when we split off from Healy. Mm. And so Ted Healy told them uh, he started calling around theaters that were having Howard Fine and Howard on stage that they, they were putting these guys up. Uh, he he started going there ahead of time and telling them that if they did that, he was going to bomb their theater. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? That's next level. He, That's just, he just called in terrorist threats? Yeah. Respect. Respect, bro. <laughs> Respect. I got a whole new level of appreciation. Take that shit seriously. And this, they took it so seriously... That many theaters did not put Howard Fine and Howard on because Ted Healy was very convincing. Uh, they were, did they not call the cops about this? This is not a crime. The cops don't care. No one bombs people yet. You know, no one does that. It's not a crime unless he actually bombs <laughs> unless he actually bombs him. <laughs> what do you want us to do? Go check for bombs in his house? We're not going to go to that man's house. He's terrifying. You know, he'll probably blow us up when we get there. But uh, this, a lot of theaters are like. Ted Healy's very convincing. And a lot of theaters were like, I'm pretty sure Ted Healy also has... Dude, okay, and you said earlier about the circus, but Vaudeville very much was in the same ilk, where these dudes were pretty scary. Like, Mm -hmm. Vaudeville... 
big wigs mm-hmm. were absolutely like mob types. <laughs> they, I told you about. We were talking yeah, about. Yeah, we, we got a man biting off chickens over yeah, here. Yeah, the man who bites off chickens, and there's the fucking guy who kills people and throws them off the train whenever yeah. they start asking <laughs> about their contract. You know, yeah. like that is Ted Healy. Ted Healy is the guy who is like in a circus uniform. Mm-hmm. But he's throwing you off the train and mm. chopping off your head. You know, that's who we're talking. Very Jesus. terrifying, man. Jesus Christ. You think clowns are scary. <laughs> circus, the heads of circuses were actually scary, okay? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> circus folk are the most terrifying, terrifying. on the planet. Absolutely. Shout out to any circus <laughs> people a- that listen to this show. I know. Oh, shout out to them because there's a huge community of circus folk here in in Tampa, <laughs> the Tampa region. Yeah. In uh, uh, Tampa Bay, like it's if you look at it, imagine it like a circle, and the bottom right corner is a little town called Gibsonton, and it's where all the old and this was during the 20s, all the old Ringling Butters and Barnum and Bailey crew members and all the animals used to like live over there and like houses and tents and shit and they would have a bunch of the old train cars there and they still do and down there they have a clown college they have a mine college and there's still like carnies it's like a hub for like after carnies and, and circus folk go on the road they always come back there Holy and they kind of like shit. all live in their community like the bearded lady and like all these like kind of freaks and stuff they all live in gibsonton we have gibsonton to in riverview yeah we have to go there before channel five does it? Oh yeah, we have yeah, yeah. to. Yeah, that's that's Carnegie Hall, right? <laughs> that's a little bit different. No, it okay. is. That's now. a little. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Carnegie Hall was like that, but just rich people. Yeah. So, but like, uh, where the Carnies stay, it was Carnegie. Right, yeah. right, right. That was that was what that was all about. <laughs> you know, that's what I remember from my Mississippi. I meant it as a public term of respect and endearment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, Healy was uh he was going to bomb the theater. So he, <laughs> uh, he he also he brought a lot of legal action against them. Uh, he claimed that they were using copywritten material, copyrighted, sorry, whichever. Was there such thing uh, as copyright back then? I mean, you know. Yeah. Hardly. There's yeah. I mean, so they he sued them for it, but it was stuff that they all created together. So like yeah. somebody else I think owned the rights for it or some shit and then they got permission and they were like nah this lawsuit doesn't even count or something. Can some you bullshit. own the right to throwing a pie in a man's face? Is <laughs> no. that a copyrightable material? He also he tried to do like his own stooges. He like hired like knockoff Mo and the, all them. The new stooges. The new stooges uh, and everybody's like yeah fuck you. Uh, yeah, they ain't the they stooges. Ain't the stooges. I know the stooges. Laugh or I'll bomb you. Laugh, damn it. <laughs> There's a way that Mo does the thing where he rips your nose off that's better than these guys. They don't bleed as good. Yeah, they don't bleed as good as the old Stooges. I'm out of (laughs) here. But, dude. He's going out to all the critics and, like, brandishing a gun and being like, you better write a nice review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Ted Healy probably did. He had, like, dudes in in zoot suits outside. (laughs) Like, so what'd you think of the show? It's like if you didn't if you didn't like it, uh, it'd be a shame if this bomb in my pocket fell out right in front of you. You know. So did you find that to be a comical production? <laughs> did you find that funny? Did you think it was funny? Or does this bomb think you're funny? You know. He's just like bombing people like right there in front of him, just throwing bombs at him. <laughs> Teddy Lee's it's just... funny. The Irish got the idea for bombing from him. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Holy like, oh, shit. Boy, I'm Brother Keeley. You're doing some <laughs> fine work there. We're going to pull a Healy. Oh, that's the darkest joke we maybe ever made on film history. Isn't it hysterical <laughs> that years later there's just a drink you order at the bar called the, the Irish, Irish Car, car bomb. bomb? Jesus. So, <laughs> check this out. My buddy went to Dublin. Uh, this is like 2008 or 10 or something. <laughs> He's over there drinking and he said, um, two of his friends that he like met traveling, like other Americans from other parts, went in this bar and they ordered beers and they ordered uh, Irish car bomb. Oh my god! And the bartender turns around and gets two shots of 151, puts them on the table and lights them on fire. He says, "We don't have that, but here's your twin towers." Nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was about was to like, say that would be like yeah. calling a, a a drink the uh, the Muslim plane crash. Like, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's in, very fucked in up. New Orleans, they have the hurricane. It's a very popular drink. Uh, you know? There's many hurricanes. They had that before Katrina. Yeah, though, to be yeah. fair, they did. But hurricanes have been hitting New Orleans <laughs> since you know hurricanes were invented by Ted Healy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, a hurricane is an old prohibition drink truthfully it's like a daiquiri it's yeah. Like, yeah yeah it's one of those but if you want to hear about some 1930s business here after all of this after ted healy threatens to bomb them if they go on stage uh they actually signed back up with him what <laughs> in 1932 he reached a new agreement with his former stooges with mo now acting as business manager and they were booked in production of jacob j schubert's the passing show of 1932. So they got back into business with Ted Healy. Wow. After they he threatened to blow them up. That, I mean, you know, was the alternative getting blown up? Maybe they were <laughs> like, he might actually do it one of these days. Maybe maybe we can come to an arrangement. Maybe we can come to an arrangement. Uh, there's some stuff that's going on behind the scenes that, yeah. that you can't find out there on the internet. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt about it. I think... I, I'm he's, saying it here. He's like I'm hanging him dangling off of a fucking like raft. Yes, on, on a lot somewhere. Yes, like, sign the contract. Yes, he's got Mo by the ankles over yeah. a balcony of like you know. These were untraceable times. These were untraceable times. The the three Stooges were involved with the mafia. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there right now. They were from Brooklyn. You know, they were Lithuanian. I don't know, man. Do you find you know. this to be a comical situation? Yeah. <laughs> this did not last long. During rehearsals of the passing show, before they even really ever got started, Healy received a more lucrative contract somewhere else, and he basically just broke his contract. Oh. Uh, he just left. Who do you find that was more lucrative? I don't know. Somebody was like, boy, I sure do want me some of that Ted Healy action. I'll give you double what they're giving you over there for the uh, the Stooges thing oh, that's man. very popular. Uh, I he Again, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes here. I think that was probably some string pulling as well. I got a more lucrative contract running, just, some, uh, running some rum. Yeah, maybe. It was just the... Uh, uh, it was just the Marx Brothers intentionally trying to break up the Three Stooges. Oh man, dude, that's actually kind of interesting. Some competition was trying to like hire Ted Healy out from under them. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, sure that fucking happened. It happens today in movies yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, some studio will be like, "I'm gonna buy this film just to kill it." Yeah, for mm. sure. I bet Mo was like, "You can have him. He, that's okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fine. That's fine with that's, us. It's all good. Uh, as a matter of fact, Shimp said, yeah, leave. I do not ever want to see you again. Shemp said he was fed up with Healy's abusiveness, bad temper, and heavy drinking. And uh, he actually, he he quit. 
Oh, I forgot about this part. Oh. Uh, Shimp quit, and he decided he toured in his own comedy review for several months as just like a, a solo man type of thing. And he got a contract with Vitaphone Studio in Brooklyn. Uh, around, actually, he got the, dude, this is all fucked up. Sorry. Anyway, he got a contract for Vita, Vitaphone Studio in Brooklyn, New York, where he was doing these like short comedy, small roles. He appeared in movies, movie comedies at the time, and uh, bits in the Roscoe Arbuckle shorts. Is <laughs> that related to Fatty Arbuckle? Maybe. Anyway? Maybe, man. I didn't look it up. I probably should have. <laughs> this is right around the time where I was more interested in getting to some other stuff. That's I all probably should have stopped so here. Much, there's so much history. Yeah, man. I get on that freeway, mm-hmm. and sometimes I miss the exit. Yeah, that's fine. There's there's, there's so there's too much history. <laughs> there's too much history, man. You know, Read a book. We need less of it, yeah. Less <laughs> history... More, more pie. <laughs> but more pie. This is I, that's Can in that the spirit the title of three of the Less history, more pie. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> uh, but he became like a star at Vitaphone. He was like this, you know. I mean, of course, he came from a big group, and mm. so he rose his way up. He became this big star. Uh, he and he was actually there. He was there through 1937. Even while he was kind of coming back and forth between the Stooges, he would cool. come back. Again, okay. it's just this fucking rotating yeah, just, stooge fest. Just fucking just a whore for the Stooges. <laughs> a just whore for the passed Stooges. Around. Getting, yeah, man. If you were a Stooge, aren't we all just Stooge whores <laughs> in Hollywood? Just getting passed around from one group to the next. An actor is just a Stooge and a whore. Yeah, that's what we are. <laughs> And we too get abused yeah. by heavy drinkers. Constantly be given pies, pies in the face, metaphorically. Yeah. Sometimes just actual. Some creamed in, some not. <laughs> you know. Harvey Weinstein would put a pie somewhere. What is this episode about? I don't know. Back to the cag. So, but when he was gone with Vitaphone doing his own thing, Healy and the two remaining Stooges, who were now back to fucking gather. Uh, they needed a replacement for Shimp. Mm-hmm. So, Mo, there's another fucking brother that's about to come in the mix. Mo suggested his younger brother, Jerry Howard. And Healy apparently took one look at Jerry, it says, who had this, like, he had, like, long red hair and this handlebar mustache, I guess. And he said he remarked that Jerry didn't look like he was funny. <laughs> I don't know. That guy didn't look funny to me. Uh, I, I would know. I, I call him Bob Fritz. All the yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. This maniac. I'm a master of comedy. <laughs> this maniac knows comedy. Uh, so, Jerry, dude, this sounds outrageous to me. This sounds seriously like this is, this is that stooge whore thing I was just talking about. <laughs> When he says Jerry doesn't look funny, Jerry leaves the room and returns a few minutes later with his head shaved, completely fucking bald with his like twirly mustache still intact, and says, boy, do I look girly. (laughs) (laughs) That was his joke. That was very time period appropriate, I guess. (laughs) Yes, very time period appropriate, very just like 1930s humor and insane. Like an insane thing to do. Like imagine like you go in a room and a guy's like, I don't know, he didn't look very funny to me. So you go and shave your fucking head. (laughs) It's like, do I look funny to you now? (laughs) Do I look funny to you now? (laughs) Funny, funny how? Funny how? Funny looking? 
<laughs> and so, oh, my funny you, my clown. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, "Boy, do I look girly?" And Ted Healy, in his like drunken stupor, thought he said, "Boy, do I look curly?" And the name stuck. Ah, and so and it, this is of course what a worse type of a nickname to not even to be a mistake and not even the thing that you were no, like trying to go for. Like, it would be one thing if it was like, oh, that's girly. Now you're just girly forever. That yeah. makes sense. But curly, you're curly. Like, you just misheard me. You're fucking idiot. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> and now we have the three Stooges. Ah, now we've got the three Stooges. So his that- brother's got no experience. Exactly. No. No, not really. Or no, I take that back. Again, I'm going to get into all their histories on the next one. Don't okay. worry. But now we've got Mo, Larry, and Curly, uh, and this is like the Stooges that the, the it sto- becomes the Stooge Pack. The Stooge Pack. It yeah. becomes the three. Oh yeah! <laughs> it becomes the three Stooges. You know, oh, the right. entourage. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the cocaine starts flowing, and Vinny gets his offer. You know, and Vinny doesn't take the movie, and uh, Colin Farrell and Mo Howard take it instead. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> but this is with this trio. MGM comes a calling. Fox said no, but don't worry. The boat has come back in. Not very much money, but it is here. I don't have exactly how much, but it wasn't very much. MGM signed Healy and his Stooges. Fucking Ted is still here. Ted Healy's still in the mix at okay, this point. So we're now, now Fox made a mistake of wanting to pass on the yeah. psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And MGM was like, was like, you know what? Yeah. We're all drunk too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't want to get all bombed. Drunk too. <laughs> we don't want to bomb. <laughs> we don't want to bomb our office. So I guess in order to have the Stooges not be blown up, we got to hire Ted too. Okay, uh, and I'm sure Ted got like he, Ted probably stole money the whole time too. Yeah. It was one of those. It really was. Yeah. Like he was fucking an awful human being. <laughs> <laughs> But MGM signs them to a contract in 1933. They appeared in feature films and short subjects. Whoa. Hold on. Oh, gosh. no, we're good. They appeared in feature films and short subjects. By the way, feature films. This is where I think they went wrong. I really do. Which it, I say this, but no, I take it back. They went right back then. This is where I can't do it nowadays. I see. I can Too do a much. short yeah. with the Three Stooges. I cannot do. Where would shorts have played? Like before other movies? Yeah, before other movies, shit okay. like that. Yeah, you would have seen them. Yeah, it would have been like that. Exactly. Or you would go to like just the theater, and they would have like shorts just on a loop. Yeah. Kinda, like, oh, that's they would right. be playing. Yeah, yeah, you would also see, you know, like a yeah. uh, fucking Buster Keaton mm-hmm. type of shit yeah. coming up. Yeah. I, I get what you mean, though. It kind of feels like. If we're to compare it to like a modern day thing, it's like your 15 minute YouTube video is fun, but I don't want to see a full length YouTuber. Exactly. Movie. Exactly. Like a full length whatever this is going to be. At the time, fucking gangbusters. Yeah. Well, you know. So this is very indicative of Greek theater and three act structure, which came later. So, like. Modern day movies all have three acts. You have a beginning, a setup, a conflict, and a resolution. Mm-hmm. Like that's the formula. And mm-hmm. if things don't usually go against that formula. But with just like Greek comedies or Greek tragedies, it's one long kind of 
episode in usually two acts and it's not long as in time but long as in like they kind of blur together they were mm-hmm. called one act plays for a reason because they were like shorter in duration maybe like an hour right. or less even sometimes depending on how you perform them and all that jazz but they weren't like the hour and a half movie or the long novels that came like after that so like these short comedies were worked because that format just comedy with no arc and no storytelling is palatable but when you try to take that stretch it out and do fucking a feature everybody said does exactly what you say like uh this doesn't work for me uh you know yeah like imagine oedipus oedipus is like a fucking three hour long movie nobody people want to gouge their own eyes out by the time (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly and they were kind of appearing while they're while they're at mgm uh sometimes not as the three stooges sometimes it'll be fucking It'll be like Ted Healy and Mo in a movie, or Curly and so, Mo. So or... Healy was in these two. Yeah, he's oh, in it. Okay. He weaseled his fucking way. Okay, you know. so he's not just a sleazy manager. He's also Ted Healy was an he's actor. A star. Yep. Okay. He was a he was a very. I mean, he was on up there. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was he was doing his thing in film as well. He would become a whole thing. But <laughs> but their contract with MGM for was it was for a year, 1933 through 1934. They did you know like I said a slew of like movies, shorts, PSAs. They were doing PSAs for uh, the job market type of shit. They were like. Give a man a job, type hey, of shit. Do you want a job? You want as a, job? a sex stenographer? Yeah, <laughs> I I don't need mine anymore because I'm a three stooges now. Yeah, I'm I'm a rich stooge and a whore. But a <laughs> <No>. rich stooge. <laughs> that could be the name Is of the episode too. I'm a rich name? stooge and a whore. <laughs> That's where they got the name. What though? Stooge. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm sure stooge came first, and that's where the joke is. But. <laughs> I specialize in pies. Yeah, see? I, I do like James Cagney, see? <laughs> uh, so in 1934, their teams, the team's contract expired with MGM, and the Stooges' professional association with Healy finally comes to an end. For good this time, we swear. Um, according to Mo Howard's autobiography, the split was precipitated by Healy's alcoholism and abrasiveness. I mean, they've been saying this for years. We all know. Uh, <laughs> their final film with Healy was MGM's Hollywood Party. Both Healy and the Stooges went on to separate successes, with Healy dying under mysterious circumstances in 1937. How many years later was that? This was their. Uh, this was 1934. Was when it expired. So three years later. He dies very mysteriously okay. on Hollywood Boulevard. Interesting. So I got a whole thing about it. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Hell, okay. Hell yeah. All right. Fuck it. Let's get into this. So Healy dies a few days before Christmas in 1937, December 21st, at the age of 41 years old, after an evening of celebration at the Trocadero nightclub on the Sunset Ooh. Strip in Los Angeles. And, uh, the winter solstice. There you go. That's is what the Trocadero is still there. The Trocadero is still there in a way. Uh, it's it. There's one in West Hollywood now. Okay. But this no, it's still there. Yeah. Ooh. Or wait, what's it called now though? Oh no, it's still the Trocadero. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the Trocadero is still there. You can go visit this place. Is it still a nightclub? Yeah, it's still a club. It's still kind of yeah. Wow. It's one of those old school spots, man. The Trocadero. The Trocadero nightclub on the Sunset Strip. So he was reportedly Sunset Plaza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen it. You've seen it many a times. We have driven by it many a times. It's got like a little martini glass on the awning. Old school spot. You looking it up now? Huh. 
And it's now uh, doubles as a brothel called Shangri-La. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly, <laughs> man. Bring back Shangri-La, damn it. But, uh, so, yeah, Healy is out, out and about at the Trocadero. He's reportedly celebrating the birth of his son, uh, an event, of course, he had eagerly anticipated. And according to Mo Howard, he was nuts about kids. He used to visit our homes and envied the fact that we were all married and had children. Healy always loved kids and often gave Christmas parties for underprivileged youngsters and spent hundreds of dollars on toys. Doesn't sound very Ted Healy-like, but apparently oh, he was saying Oh, wow, this is the Trocadero. Yeah, you've here. seen it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa. Yeah, man. This is where Ted Healy died. I'm going to go there for all new vision right? next time. Just imagine him. So <laughs> the circumstances surrounding his death remain a matter of controversy. An MGM spokesman initially announced the cause as a heart attack. I don't know why. I'm, you know, I guess he had a maybe he had a contract with MGM again at the time. The presence of recent wounds, a cut over his right eye, and a discolored left eye, combined with reports of an altercation at the Trocadero, gave rise to speculation that he di- he died as a result of those injuries. So he had a friend, writer Henry Taylor told Mo Howard that the fight was preceded by an argument between Healy and the three men who he identified as college fellows. And this is where Dev was saying this shit gets weird. The younger men allegedly knocked Healy to the ground and kicked him in the head, ribs, and abdomen. And there's a guy there, the wrestler Man Mountain Dean... (laughs) (laughs) reported that he was standing in front of the Plaza Hotel in Hollywood at 2.30 a.m. when Healy emerged, bleeding from a taxi at the hotel. He related an incoherent story of being attacked at the Trocadero, but could not identify his assailant. Dean contacted a physician, Sidney Weinberg, who treated Healy at the hotel. Another friend, Joe Frisco, then drove him to his home from the hotel after he gets checked out. Wyatt Lamont, Healy's personal physician, was summoned to the home the following morning when Healy began experiencing convulsions. Despite the efforts of Lamont and a cardiologist, John Ruddick, Healy died later that day. So because of the circumstances, Lamont refused to sign Healy's death certificate. I guess like... I guess because they didn't know. I, like, I can't figure this out. I can't figure this out. Plus, the mafia's here, yeah. so I don't want to sign this in front of them. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Spawn threats in my house. Uh, this is where it gets weird. Oh, this is where it gets weird. This is where it gets weird. Okay. A later source said, those were not three college men. Those were three well-known actors in Hollywood who beat Ted Healy to death in like a calculated attack at the Trocadero. Three stooges, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't pull the punches on this one. Uh, These were not fake, you know. No, this says that they think it was actor Wallace Beery, a producer, Albert R. Broccoli, hilarious, uh, and Broccoli's cousin, cousin, (laughs) who was an agent... <laughs> What's his cousin's name? Please tell me it's like cauliflower or something. <laughs> his agent like, was Brussels Sprout. Yeah. <laughs> Andre Brussels Sprout. Uh his cousin was agent and producer Pat DeCoco or De DeChico. Pat DeChico. Uh while there is no documentation in con- in contemporaneous news reports that either Beery or DeChico was present, 
Broccoli <laughs> admitted that he was indeed involved in a fistfight with Healy at the Trocadero. And then he later modified his story, stating that a heavily intoxicated Healy had picked a fight with him and the two had briefly scuffled and then shook hands and parted ways. So he basically said, I did get in a fight with Healy that night, but he got another fight later. I, he pissed me off first, and then I beat him down for a bit, but then he got beaten down really bad by those three mysterious college folks. Interesting. Yeah. The funniest Whoa. part is that he was supposed—he was supposedly, correct me if I'm wrong, James, but he was out celebrating the birth of his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he's supposed to be celebrating, and he's just angry at everybody. That's who he was. He's trying to pick fights. He, he clearly was, like, one of those fucking just I mean, also, violent alcoholics. Angry you... drunks. Like, I know that. But, yeah. like, it's, so, it's just irony. Yeah. Shouldn't you be yeah. at the hospital if you're newborn? No, son? you didn't do that back then. You didn't go to the hospital. You'd go out drinking. That was, like, <laughs> the thing. Yeah, I'm not going. Yeah. And you didn't dare go in the delivery room. Like, that oh, was really? not. They would hang out back and smoke cigars mm. if they even were there. They were usually, like, you go have the kids. I'm gonna go get wasted. Oh, cool. You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's mean, what he was saying. They're like, look, I'm not gonna be there for this kid's childhood anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why should I be there when he's getting born? I'm gonna be gone anyway. Yeah. I'll be probably dead from being beaten to death on sunset. <laughs> for all you know. So okay, pick a fight with three men of various ages. <laughs> various college. Produce names. Perhaps well, producers. Just, perhaps stooges. Look what happens when you use you abuse substances and you get angry with people on movie sets for 40 years (laughs) (laughs) so then the lesson to all you young actors out there (laughs) don't call in bomb threats so then, yeah so then the la the la county coroner has his say um after the autopsy and clearly the coroner did get a bomb threat because the coroner says he died from alcoholism. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's technically a factor, true. Technically sure. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, the coroner was the most right. If he drank he wouldn't be in this situation. And he wouldn't have been fighting those people. He wouldn't have pissed those people off to want to kill him to begin with. They were like, how'd he die, coroner? He's like, alcohol. Case closed, baby. <laughs> case closed. The police literally closed the case, closed their investigation. There was no indication in the report oh that his God. death was caused by physical assault, even though he clearly was fucking beaten to death. Yeah, um, he had like a cut over his eye and yeah. a black eye, a bloody nose and shit, and they're like, alcohol? What are all these marks all over him? Nah. Fell no, no, down no. the stairs. <laughs> Dude, get this shit too. Get this shit. It gets weirder. What? <laughs> What? Healy at the time was making $1,700 a week in the 1930s. That is, when you put that through the old inflation calculator, $32,000 a week doing his thing, whatever the fuck that was. And he died. When he died, they found out that he was fucking up to his eyeballs in debt, like had no money. And he was spending all of this shit on, like, weird loans. Weird loans? Yep. And then he is beaten to death, clearly. And then his his death is ruled alcoholism. Whoa. <laughs> Dude, what is... Sounds like somebody was into the numbers. Yeah. What sort of weird Dude. loans you get when you're making that much money? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you, gambling, gambling, loans. Yeah. gambling loans. Gambling he also was kind of doing the uh, MC Hammer thing. He was paying like all of his people. You know, he said he was financially generous to friends when they were out of work. Uh, 
one of his friends, Frisco, lived at an expensive hotel on Healy's tab. Uh, Betty, Healy's wife, was left responsible for a multitude of liabilities, including hospital bills related to the birth of her son, Healy's medical care, and all the debts that he owed everyone. Wow. Um, yeah. And she... She was left a lot of... Jumped off of... She jumped off of... Oh! Oh! No, I'm sorry. Go back. Cut out where I just went out. So she remained hospitalized for some time after having the kid. Mm -hmm. Healy dies while she's still in the hospital Mm -hmm. after giving birth to their son. And while she is there, the house is unattended now. Healy's Mm -hmm. dead. She's in the hospital. It gets fucking burglarized and looted for everything of value mm. in the house. And then all of a sudden those loans go away? And then all of a sudden those loans went away. <laughs> and Healy went away with <laughs> And that's where the famous Three Stooges deal came along with Columbia Pictures. And that's where we're going to get into part two. <laughs> Woo! Cool! Now that Healy's out of the way. Now that Healy's out of the way. Now that three... College age men <laughs> took care of Healy. Took care of Healy. What do you say, you not college looking fellas want a movie deal? Yeah, see? Yeah, dude. Yo, what happened to those fucking careers after they did that? Did they go get like their own movie? Did they start getting work and shit in the industry? Were this like, is this the muscle of like the Hollywood mafia and shit? Oh, yeah. Oh, the Three Stooges are about to become a huge fucking thing. Like I said, the, the Columbia Pictures uh, era of the Three Stooges is what we no, uh, like what? That, I, well, I know that. Yeah. I know the Stooges. Oh, no, I'm yeah. talking about the three dudes who beat up. Oh like, yeah. Why yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> yeah, they, you probably, probably people are like, you took care of Healy, we'll take care of you. Hey, look, we'll, right. we're gonna name a vegetable after you. <laughs> I'll get, I'll do a punch up. I'll look further into it. Cool, I'll see yeah. where it went. I'll see where it went after that. Maybe you're right, dude. If we find out that the three people that clearly were the guys who were actually Hollywood people who beat him uh, to death, like uh, signed the biggest deal of a lifetime, we uh, know what happened. Yeah, yeah. Jack Warner was like, take care of Healy. You know? Like, hey, I got this new leafy green thing I feel like it needs to name. What if I named it after Zeus? Move over, yeah, cauliflower. Yeah, we got the broccoli new- coming in broccoli town. Broccoli coming to all the dinner tables. Your broccoli's gonna, mm-hmm. your name's gonna be in produce section mm-hmm. lights. <laughs> I'm gonna make you the biggest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> It'll be a few a few aisles over. <laughs> Nobody's gonna be going to the bread section no more. They're gonna be going to the produce section to buy broccoli. <laughs> How does that sound? <laughs> and that was part one of the Three Stooges. Dude, I love this. This is great. This is what a what a, what a fun. Event. I knew this was gonna be a fun adventure. I just yeah. knew it was like there's no way the three three Stooges have a squeaky clean past. It was just a little romp. Yeah, and I know what everybody's saying out there. Why do, we need more history on their histories on Mo? But I hey, I don't every care. Story's got a beginning. That's right. I'm. Uh, uh, I got a little addendum to our boy Healy. Okay. So uh, Albert Broccoli. After uh, being involved with the uh, beating, he was uh, signed with MGM. And every time the press would ask about it and cover it, MGM studio fixers like Eddie Mannix would go around and straighten them out. Holy shit, dude. It straight (laughs) up was a fucking studio mafia killing. Who's Mannix? Oh, he was God. like an, he was like the fixer. He was oh, the fucking. I've heard that name before. He was the fucking Paul Donovan. He was in the Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? 
Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. Old Hollywood. And MGM. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Hell Caesar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yes. yes. And yeah, uh, yeah. MGM was the one who put out the statement that it was uh, he died of natural causes, yep. right? Yep. Like, Dude, this is a studio it, killing. It, check this out. Oh, my God. We should have done some more research on this. I'll do some more before part two. But Pat DeChico was a American agent, movie producer, occasional actor, and alleged mobster working for Lucky Luciano. Oh, my God. I should have done more research. <laughs> this motherfucker looked so he's, hey, it was straight up the mafia. He worked Lucky with Lucky Luciano. Luciano. That's I, that's why we got this new yeah, segment called Punch he, Ups. Yep. You know, I got a whole sound for it married, and everything. He married Gloria Vanderbilt. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what the Ted Healy Sorry. was killed by Hollywood. Dude, it, this needs a fucking movie. Yeah, I was wow. gonna say, yeah, where's where's the movie? Shit, man. Fuck, let's make it. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't even put this That's in the episode. Right. We need to just make the I'm movie. Going into research. Oh yeah. man. Wow. Ted Healy was killed by That's the mob. Awesome. That's, he was killed by Hollywood mob. That's wild. Wow, dude. That's we got wild. to do it. Damn, good shit, man. I knew Broccoli sounded suspicious. Yeah, man. That's not his real name. <laughs> his last name was not Broccoli. He like he got to America from Sicily and looked in the produce <laughs> section and just gave himself a name. It was like, I'm pasta no hey. more. <laughs> My name... So, Broccoli was actually uh, partly responsible for bringing James Bond to the big screen. Holy shit. Wow. wow. Holy shit. Man, <laughs> yeah. Oh. They need their... He produced Dr. No and From Russia oh, with Love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Broccoli's gonna give his own episode. Yeah. Let's do an episode of Broccoli. An episode. Well, look at how this happened, and then everybody's careers just magically blow up. <laughs> and then Three Stooges started. This is how the Three Stooges started. Wow. This was part was one. Like killing. This is a, a good old mob <laughs> killing. They got Ted Healy right <laughs> out the fucking way so you could do your family-friendly comedy. Wow. Man. <laughs> good old evil Hollywood. You got to sacrifice someone to the gods <laughs> for the careers to flourish. Yes. Hey. <laughs> well... Amazing. If you want to look into my mob ties, <laughs> you can find me on me. you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, and you know uh, my merch store, RagingTwentiesMerch.com. And if you're on an internet website somewhere, type my name in, see how many mob ties come up. Hell yeah, on mob.com, <laughs> mob.com, mobancestry.com. You can stalk me at Sailor underscore Dev on Insta and Abracadabra Dev on Twitter. Let's go. Hell yeah. You can find me at Jimmy Deloy or James Wyatt Scott. You can find us at Film History, the history of film, FHHF podcast, depending on where you're looking. And you can also find me putting a fucking bomb in your building if you listen to another podcast. I swear to God. If you listen to another history podcast, I'll bomb. I'll bomb you. I'll bomb. There can be only one. There can be only one, and that is film history. The history of film. You know what I'm talking about.